I don't write sermons. I've tried writing sermons in the past, and what happens is I spend the entire week beating myself up over this thought and that idea, and then when I get up to speak, anything that I had written winds up getting thrown out and never used anyways. So part of my training, walking with God, has been learning to just let go and let God. And I say that because I don't always know where a sermon go- is going. I normally have a passage of Scripture, and come Sunday morning, things start popping and going together. So today's sermon might be a little testimonial. And I think that's important as to where we are as a family now. Because if we've been here a month, this is our fourth Sunday. And that's given me time to get to know some of you and for you to get to know some of me and my family. But we've been on a journey, my family and I. And I think you've been on a journey too. And I think that on our separate journeys, God had always intended for us to meet at this location, at this time. Somebody says that they're grateful to have us here. And that's appreciated. But you will never know how important it is to me and my family to be here with you. Because you see, we've been talking about wilderness walking 101 for the past few Sundays and, and some of the things that, that Israel had to face and their transition from, from coming out of Egypt to coming to the promised land. And you may not know this, but you are my promised land. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 9 through 13. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come, hear, and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gingrashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord The Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Israel started out on a journey that they wanted to begin, but but once the journey began, they found out how uncomfortable it was because they had to leave behind so many things that were important to them, that, that brought comfort the security of knowing that we were going to have food at a certain time on any given day. And they knew what type of food, or at least that the food was going to be something of quality, that was going to be satisfying to their, to their desires. They had to leave behind a lifestyle that they knew, even though they didn't like it. Once they got away from it into the wilderness, they were even saying, 
can't we go back or, or we should have never left what we've known. And I said that many times on my walk, to be honest with you. See, when I first came into ministry, I had the expectation of it being one thing. And I had my own plan and my own idea of how it was all to, going to be put together. I was going to leave policing and come to Grovetown, Georgia, right outside of Augusta. And I was going to work Grovetown United Methodist Church while I went to college. That was the plan. That's what everyone does. That's the path that everyone follows. So, so if it's good for them, it has to be good for me. But it didn't work out that way. Long story short, what happened was, was God looked down from heaven and he said, Tommy, I want you to be a pastor. I want you to be a minister. But, but you can't be that while you're still a Marine. And you can't be that while you're still a police officer. Because when you look at my children out here, instead of giving hope and peace, what you're doing is you're looking at them through the eyes of a police officer. So there was a time in your life for that. But that time is no more. I need you to look at the congregation of followers. And instead of seeing brokenness, and instead of seeing what, what needs to be fixed, to look at them with love and compassion. And instead of judgment, mercy. And that was a hard, hard lesson to learn. And we tried to go back to the old lifestyle, just like Israel wanted to, to go back to Egypt. Once I saw what was happening, that, that my life was, from the outside looking in, falling apart financially and emotionally. And when that starts happening, just, just like Israel, I wanted to, to grab all the pieces and pull them back together and hold on tight because I didn't want the puzzle that I had already put together to, to come apart because if it come apart, then I had to restructure it and rebuild something else out of it. I didn't want to do that because in my mind, you start on a project and you work that project all the way to the end. And that's what we tell our children. You go to school, you, you, you learn your ABCs, then you go to college and you learn a path to a career, then you leave college and you go into that career field. But, but so many times that doesn't happen. More children go to college and earn a degree and never work in that field. And in today's society, more people have gone into the colleges and done nothing more than create unbelievable amounts of debt to earn that piece of paper that hasn't benefited them in any form or fashion. And see, what I'm saying is this, because I'm not knocking college and I'm not knocking the educational system, but what I am saying is this, is that there is not one way in life to live, and there is not just one way in life or one path in life for everyone to follow. Everyone's path is different. And for the majority, that path resembles one another. But then there are those chosen few who walk a different path. Like Israel. 
They were called to leave behind what was familiar to find something new. But the preparation for that new thing is what was unexpected. And I speak to you today not just as a congregation of believers, but as leaders of this community and leaders of this church. I speak truth and I speak it with love. See, I think this. I think God has called Alpha United Methodist Church to greatness and to do great and mighty things in this community. But much like Israel, we have to leave some things behind in order to move into the new land of promise. We have spoke on wilderness walking for four weeks. And in our minds, four weeks can seem like a really long time. But what we have to keep in mind is this. Israel spent 40 years moving to the promised land. Two things we learn from their journey. First thing is this. That the journey from Egypt to Canaan was not a 40-year journey. It's estimated to be about a two-week journey. And they made it to the verge of the promised land on their first journey, but because they looked into the land of promise and said, we can't overcome the obstacles, that their faith, when put to the test, was weak, that when they looked at circumstance and said, we can't do it, God put them back into the wilderness for 40 years to grow them and teach them and to so that they would learn to depend on him so that their faith would be strong, strong enough to move into the promised land when he brought them back to that. And see, and our faith can be that same. See, I think that we have a strong faith here in this community of believers. I think that we don't have to worry too much about looking into the edge of the promise and saying that we can't do it and spending longer periods of time preparing for that. I think that we are strong enough that when God presents that opportunity to us or when that circumstance comes our way and it looks like it's impossible to overcome, that our faith is so strong that we will look at it instead of saying we can't do, we will say we can do. And if we don't have the answer right then and there, we know to bow our knees pray to our God wait upon the Lord and he will reveal the path that we are to travel and that path will take us into that land of promise I think that much like Israel up to this point in their walk where they're getting ready to go into promised land I think our faith is that strong that we can move forward. The journey to Canaan 
was not an easy journey. But they found themselves standing on the edge of promise. Remember last week they, they were camped at Mount Seir and some theologians believe that they, that they spent 38 of the 40 years circling that mountain, as we say. When actually there was a mountain called Mount Seir, but there's also a mountain range called Mount Seir. So some believe that they actually circled at a, an entire range for that 38 years. But then that day came when they, they heard the good news when God said, we've circled this mountain long enough, now head north to the promise. Good news to put on a heavy heart, I would think. And I can remember that day that in my own personal walk that when we were in Grovetown and, and everything had seemed to fall apart, I chose to hear what God was speaking to my heart regardless of what everyone else had to say around me because to be honest with you i made a lot of people mad because i didn't fit the status quo my journey wasn't as straight as all the other pastors in the area who came down went to school and went on from church to church to church and became prosperous my journey was different and even the educated among us all couldn't grasp how God's hands work in society and in the individual lives. You see, certain things that, that I had to learn on that journey was this, that I am not in control of everything that I think that I'm in control of. And the one thing that I wanted to be in control of more than anything was my children. Because just like you, I want the best for my children. But there came a day when, when I had to realize as a father that I don't have all the answers. That I can't fix all the hurts and pains that my children experience. And I can't paint a map of success for them. Showing them where to go and what to do. I had to learn to do what Abraham did. If you're not familiar with Abraham, he's one of the founding fathers of our faith. Before there was a Bible, before there was a Torah, before there was any written word of God, God spoke out to this man, Abraham, and said, I want you to pack your bags, leave your home, and go to this land of promise. And I'm not going to tell you exactly how to get there. But when you get there, I'll let you know. And it was by faith that Abraham acted. Not because of what he was taught in Sunday school. Because it didn't exist then. Not because of what he heard preachers preach because preachers weren't around then but because of the impression that the Holy Spirit put upon his heart to act and how to live. And one of the things that, that God promised Abraham was this, I will promise you a child of your own, a son, an heir for your family. 
And the years passed, and no child ever came. And Abraham did like many of us would do. When, when we hear God call, we think that we have to come up with a plan. And when the, when the fulfillment of the promise wasn't coming fast enough, Abraham said, well, I know what it is. I'm not supposed to be waiting on God. God is waiting for me to figure it out. So, so him and his wife Sarah decided how to have a child of their own. And instead of waiting on God, they created a child through their concubine, Hagar. Cut short the promise of God because they were trying to figure it out for themselves instead of waiting on God to fulfill his promise. But the day came when, when Sarah became pregnant and she brought forth the child Isaac. And Abraham loved that child more than anything because it was God's promise to him and that child was flesh of his own flesh. And then God came to him one day And he said this, I want you to sacrifice your child in my name. So Abraham had a choice to make. And it's as simple as this. Whom do I love more? My heavenly father or my earthly child? And because of his great adoration and love for his heavenly Father, he humbly and with a broken heart submitted to the will of God. And he took Isaac to the mountain and he built an altar and he bound his son up and placed him on the altar of sacrifice. Now we believe that Abraham's faith was so strong that he acted because he knew that God would not allow his child to be put to death. But Abraham raised the knife And at that time, the question that Isaac asked his father on the way up that mountain, Father, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said to Isaac, Our father will provide. And at the time that Abraham was ready to give the most dear thing he loved, he heard a rambling in the brush, at which time a ram presented itself. The ram who was to be sacrificed in place of his son Isaac. Now that has always been a troublesome story to me all my life. I mean, you hear how it sounds. And I never understood it. Until I had children. Because I can't paint that path of success. 
Because as my children grow, I can't be the father who is always there to, to tell them what to do and what not to do. I have to bind up what I love most and give them to my father and say, I trust my life and the lives of my children with you to do with what he wants, not what I want them to be, but to walk the path that God has for them. And my job is to love them and encourage them in the ways of the Lord and let God have his way in their life. And our church is like that too. We have so many memories of the things that took place here from, from the times of when some of you were itty-bitty youngins to, to full-grown adults. From services to fundraisers to, to Christmas parties and celebrations to pains and sorrows. From marriages saying goodbye to those that we love as we celebrated their lives here when they went home to be with the Lord. And I think that we as a congregation need to take our church and bind it up and say to the Father that, that here is everything we love. And we love it so much that we're going to give it to you to do with what you want so that we can serve a new community of people. So that the, the lost and dying will find life and hope. And so that disciples and preachers and Sunday school teachers and prophets will be created to go out into this world and preach the gospel of Christ so that this world will learn to live again. It's a long journey, and it's a difficult journey, but it's a journey worth walking, and it's a journey that has a promise at the end. Moses led Israel to the edge of the promise. And then God called him to the top of Mount Nebo. Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land. But God allowed him to stand on top of that mountain and look at the promise that he had for Israel. From the top of that mountain, Moses was able to see the city of Jericho and the city of Ai, and all the way to Jerusalem. He was able to see all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. 
And it had to be a bittersweet moment. Knowing that he could see, but not enter. Because you see, it was on that day that God called Moses home. Scripture says that God himself cared for Moses in that moment of time. That by God's very hand, Moses was buried. And no one to this day knows where that burial site is. And there's only one other mention of it in Scripture. And that's in the book of Jude. Where it's pointed out that the archangel Michael was guarding the tomb of Moses against Satan. And I say that about Moses because of this. Again, journeys can be long. And though everyone walks the journey, and though everyone moves toward the promised land, not everyone will enter the promised land. But celebrate knowing that as we move toward, toward a new promise, that everything you do, that every act you perform, and every gift that you give contributes to the greater picture down the road. And that is a, wor- a life worth living. And we know that God can and will do these things because of what Joshua has reminded us of. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, Gingrishites, Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan, its waters will start flowing downstream. Simply summarized, what Joshua is saying is this. You stayed in the wilderness for for 40 years because of your fear and your doubt. But now that you've walked the wilderness, and you've seen God's mighty hand of provision. That you felt his comfort and you know how to worship. You know that you can look into the promised land and instead of saying we can't get there, you say we will get there because God has already shown us in the past what he can do today. And that is the very definition of hope. Because we have seen God work in our lives in the past, we are confident that he can and will do again today and in our future. That when we look to the promise, we don't have to say, we can't do it, we're not going to get there. We're going to look to the promise and say, we're not there today, but we're definitely moving toward it. We're right on the verge of the Jordan and we're about to cross into the Canaan land. 
And because the Ark of the Covenant went before Israel, we know that our living God goes before us. But when God says move, we have to move. Because the one important thing in this passage is this. The waters didn't part until the priests put their foot in the water. And that's what we do. Whether it's the church moving forward or, or it's us moving forward in, into new fields academically, moving into new professions, or just moving in a new direction in our life. That God can call and call and call for us to move, but until we put that foot in the water, move forward on faith, nothing's going to happen. But when we put our foot in the water, we see that the Jordan River spread wide open. The waters from the north stopped flowing, and the waters flowing to the south ceased to exist as they continued to flow downstream. And Israel did not cross immediately because God gave a command to put roughly 1,000 feet between the Ark of the Covenant and Israel. And this is why. Because God wanted Israel to see that they weren't alone, but that he was going before them. And then when they realized with confidence that God was moving forward, all of Israel crossed into the promised land. They obtained the promise. And when they got there, they no longer ate the manna that God had provided for 40 years. They ate the fruit of the land. And they rejoiced and celebrated because of God's willingness, his ability, and his actual act of provision to fulfill the promise. So let me ask you this today. What hope has God put in your heart for your future? Not just as a church, but as individuals. What is God calling you to step out onto faith to do so that you can see his mighty hand at work in your life? And what's holding you back from moving forward? Put your foot in the water and watch the waters part. Because you know like Israel that when you look to your past life that God never let you down. Times got tough, yes, but you had food. Things got scarce, but you had clothes. And when you didn't have, miracles, small and great, were performed in your life. And when we look back on that, then we know that we're secure today. And that God is already there tomorrow for our good. Let us pray. Father God, as we close the service today, we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us together here. And Father, as we look to our future, help us to be okay with letting go of the things that we need to leave behind. 
as we move forward into our new tomorrow. Because, Father God, we know that your hand is always present, that your power is always near, and that your love is never-ending. Help us, Father God, to love one another, to love you, and to see clearly what it is that you have for us today and in our future. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.